Hello, my friends. As the world enters another week of a huge pandemic, at the time I'm recording this, the death toll is almost at 120k, it seems like conversations about death would be and should be more salient. So I guess it's as good a time as ever to talk about how should you explain death to your kids and how should you talk about death with your kids. So, a grim subject, but let's do this after the intro. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters, and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. Hello, friends, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Apparently Parent podcast. And today we're going to talk about death. We had to get there someday, right? But it's a topic that we have to talk about. We just have to talk about because it's part of life. And, you know, children, they ask many, many questions. Some of them you know how to answer and some not. Some of those questions are making you uncomfortable. And those are usually the questions about the two extremes of a lifespan, like... How do we come into this world and how do we live it? Now, people die all the time, but the salience of COVID-19 may bring this issue more into the fore. So, yeah, it's time to talk about how should we and should we explain death to children? So, first of all, wh- why is it so hard for us to explain death to children? Why do parents, why do you avoid these kind of talks? Death is a hard thing to talk about because it's mysterious. We don't know everything about it, and it's full of sadness and grief, emotions that adults usually tend to shy away from. But children, they they don't understand those emotions yet, usually. They don't necessarily know that death equals sadness yet. And the question is, what do they know? Now, I want to read you a quote by the psychologist Irving Yalom from his book Staring at the Sun, Overcoming the Terror of Death. And Yalom is an existential psychologist and he deals a lot with this concept of death. And in his book, he says the following. Children at an early age cannot help but know the glimmerings of mortality surrounding them. Dead leaves, insects and pets, disappearing grandparents, grieving parents, endless acres of cemetery tombstones. Children may simply observe, wonder, and following their parents' example, remain silent. If they openly express their anxiety, their parents become noticeably uncomfortable and, of course, rush to offer comfort. Sometimes adults attempt to find soothing words or transfer the whole matter into the distant future or soothe the children's anxiety with death-denying tales of resurrection, eternal life, heaven, and reunion. So as you can see from Yalom's words and maybe from your own experience, it's unavoidable. Children are curious all the time. And at one time or another, usually around the ages of four or five, they will start to understand that there's this thing called death. And they'll be curious about it because that's what children do. They may not be even afraid of it, but maybe they are just looking at it curiously, like little, the little scientists they are. 
However, it's your reaction that can affect how their emotions will be built around that. So consider for, for a second what happens when your child asks you about death. I want you to try and imagine that situation for a second. Maybe bring a memory of such a, an instance in your mind. See in your mind's eye your cute little innocent child asking you, why did granddad die? Or maybe, what happened to the little cat we saw down on the road? Or perhaps the questions, are you going to die, mommy? Notice what's going on inside of you right now. What emotion is being evoked? Is it fear? Maybe it's embarrassment? Do you have the, the need to just change topics? Those are all natural reactions. And usually parents say something like, oh, you'll understand it when you get older, or mumble some simple words and divert the child's attention as fast as possible. Some parents may say, this is not something we talk about in this house. But now I want you to imagine yourself as the child for a second. And your mom or your dad just reacted in that way to a really interesting and loaded questions that came up for you. What do you understand from that reaction? Most children will understand this. Death is scary. In fact, it's so scary that even adults, those who are the bigger and wiser and they know how the world works and are here to protect me, even they are afraid to talk about it. Even they can handle it. And when children learn that, they are left alone with their thoughts and feelings and with their ignorance about death. They are left alone with their imagination and this is where anxieties are born. So as hard as it may be for you to talk about death, you should make the effort and have an honest discussion with your children about it. You just need to structure it for yourself and, and structure it for your child's understanding and ability. Those change by age, but you have to go into this with a clear mind. So when you do talk about death with your children, you should consider breaking it down to several basic truths. First of all, death means that the body stops working. And it happens to everybody. So it's inevitable. And it's a part of life. Children under three years of age, they usually can't really comprehend all those concepts. But from that age onwards, they do understand the concept of a body that stops functioning. You can probably think of some toy that stopped working. Maybe because it was broken down or maybe that's just the batteries ran out. That's a good example that kids can relate to. All you need to do is explain that our bodies are similar, but we can't always change batteries or fix what's broken. The other concept of the inevitability of death is harder to get, even for us adults. This is more of an existential matter between you and I, and we can spend our whole lives trying to wrap our heads around it, right? However, here's a nice way to try and explore this with your children. Use plants. Get some fresh flowers and put them in a, in a vase. And just watch them over time. I don't mean continuously watch them, of course, but just observe them each day with your kids. And notice how they change with each day. And eventually you'll notice how they wither and dry out. And you can also explain, maybe to the older kids, how the flower breaks down after it dies and can go back into the ground to nurture other plants, if you choose to do so. Anyway, so far I talked about the general concept of dying and how can we explain what it means to children. But now I want to pivot into talking about something more concrete. How should you explain this to your children when someone close to you dies, like a relative, a friend, 
even a pet. Now, many parents use vague terms and explain something like, Pop-Pop is in heaven right now and he's looking at us from above. Or when it comes to pets, maybe, you, you know, Rexy moved to a farm where he can run around freely all his life. Now, we do this in, in order to avoid an uncomfortable conversation, but it can leave your children confused. Children, especially under the age of six or seven years old, they think in very, very concrete terms. So your language must be careful and concise here, okay? If you tell a child that grandma is looking from above, some of them, the little ones, may try and search for her between the clouds. Or maybe they'll wonder why uh, she left them or why you decided to send their precious dog to this distant farm. And maybe they're going to ask you to take them and visit the dog, right? And, and, and just know that lingual terms and metaphors such as best away or is in a better place are meaningless as well for kids, right? This is why you should find words that are closer to your child's world such as saying that grandma's body was sick and got really broken beyond fixing and stopped working. And now grandma is dead. And she's no longer sick and she has no pain. It's a lot harder to say that. However, it's the truth. And yeah, they may ask many questions, such as when will grandma come back to us? Or will this happen to you too? Or maybe this is one of the most scariest options for you, when will this happen to me? And that's fine, that's totally fine. Let them ask whatever they need to ask and explain as many times as needed that no, grandma or put you the squirrel or whatever, they can't come back to us. They just can't. And yeah, they w- this will sometimes happen to you as well. I'm talking to you, the parent, so you can say something like, sometimes it will happen to me as well. However, it will probably be in a very, very long time, and I'm doing everything I can to make sure I stay healthy so it won't happen for a long time. And you may also add this important saying, even if someone we love is dead, they are still with us. They're with us in our memories, in our hearts, in pictures, in videos... They live there for as long as we live and as long as we remember them. And, you know, isn't it such a beautiful thing to remember and teach your children? I want to pivot a little bit and talk about the concept of grief. That's the continuation of the previous talk, right? Because grief is the emotional reaction to the knowledge of death, especially by a loved one. And for us adults, it's clear that death is tied to negative and painful emotions such as grief, sadness, loss, even anger. However, it's not the same for our children. Remember, they are not apt in emotional language yet. They do not have all the social values that you learned as you grew up. And this is especially true for very little children, toddlers, who anyway, they don't really understand what death is, so they can't know that death equals sadness and that they have to cry or something like that. And this is what I want you to remember. You cannot expect kids to react emotionally in any specific way to the news of someone dying. Don't expect them to be sad or to cry or anything else, and never ever demand it from them. And if you do tell your child that granddad has died and they react in some way that doesn't show a lot of pain, don't be angry with them or think that they're heartless. Most likely they are sad and in pain but are not sure about how to notice that or how to express that. 
and it's totally fine to express your own sadness and your own grief. Some parents try to avoid showing this in front of their children, believing they have to be strong for the kids. Well, that's bullshit. Being strong has nothing to do with not crying. Being strong has everything to do with showing your pain, not breaking down completely and stop functioning, but being brave and express your pain. That's such an important model that you can be for your child. It's a lesson they will keep forever. And, you know, in the end, death is part of life. Some will say it's a necessary evil, some will say it's just part of the circle, but it's a part of life and as such, you shouldn't avoid dealing with it. If you can teach your children to look at life as it is and to feel the whole abundance of human emotions without fearing any of them, you'll give them a precious, priceless gift for the rest of their lives. So that's generally speaking about how should you explain death to children, why should you explain death to children, and how to tackle those moments when you do have to tell your child that someone died or anything else. And remember, don't be afraid of their questions. Never leave their questions unanswered. You don't have to know everything. You don't know everything, especially about the experience of dying or when someone is going to die, etc. It's okay to say we don't know. This is something we can't know and I don't know anything or everything. That's fine. But as long as you don't leave your children alone with their thoughts and their feelings and their imaginations and you give them the sense that you are there for them and you try to be there for them and answer the question as much as possible and acknowledge their feelings about death, acknowledge their sadness if they show it, acknowledge their fears, okay? In a previous episode, we talked about how to acknowledge um, emotions, and I'm going to put a a link in the show notes for that episode, okay? Offer them the opportunity to express their emotions and to explore their emotions. They can draw their emotions, they can write their emotions, and they don't have to have any emotions, but you have to give them the option and the legitimacy to feel whatever they do. And this is how you can foster this connection with their inner place that will make them stronger, that will make them more resilient. Because again, being strong and being resilient is not about shying away from sadness. It's not about not crying. It's about the ability to be vulnerable and to show your feelings and have someone be there with you and be there for you. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. It means the world to me that you take the time, especially in these times, and invite me into your world and earbuds, etc. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts on. That way you'll never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you thought it was interesting, I will be really happy if you could share it with your friends on social media. And if you want to reach me, if you want to tell me what you thought about, if you have any questions about this uh, issue of uh, um, explaining death to children and something that's not clear, or maybe you want me to elaborate on, you can reach out to me on uh, apparentlyparent.com and there's a contact form that you can write for me, um, that you can write to me from there, or just go to Instagram and at apparentlyparent you can uh, direct message me and I will answer your questions. And that's it. Stay safe, everybody, and I will see you next week. Bye.